Christchurch, New Malden, Christmas Day 2023. Tim Davis speaking on Why is Bethlehem in the Christmas Story? Good morning, everyone. Happy Christmas. It's great to be here in church on Christmas Day, isn't it? Um, does anyone know why we're here in church on Christmas Day? You know, it's a Monday. We don't go to church on a Monday, do we? We go to church on a Sunday. Who can tell me why we're here today in church on Christmas Day? Because it's a Monday. Any offers? Yes. It's because it's a special day. It is a special day. Half a point. Um, right. Can anyone tell me why it's a special day? Because it's Christmas Day. I can see where this is going. Does anyone know who was born on Christmas Day? I see a hand shot up over there. Brilliant. Who was born on Christmas Day, which made it a special day because it's Christmas Day? The answer is... Jesus. Top man. Round of applause. Thank you. That's right. We're here in church on Christmas Day because Jesus was born. Um, is this, I wonder, is coming to church on Christmas Day anyone's favourite part of Christmas Day? Stephen, yeah, and a few other people go, oh gosh, the vicar's, yes, of course. Yeah, very good. I'm not sure if I've applauded you for like, your honesty or lack of, who knows. Um, okay, not many people, let's be fair, it's their favourite part of Christmas Day. Doesn't mean it's not up in the top five. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, who here's favourite part of Christmas Day is the roast turkey you're going to have at lunch or dinner. Few people really looking forward to that. Generally, uh, yeah, always good. Uh, less so if you have to be the one cooking it. Uh, how about, who thinks it's the King's Christmas broadcast? Is that your favourite part of Christmas Day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tracy, our historian, with access to the royals, goes, no, <laughs> definitely not this year. <laughs> Um, all right, how about, this could, be, this could be a challenge one, who thinks their favourite part of Christmas Day is the Doctor Who Christmas special? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's always one or two hardcore fans there, definitely. Um, okay, really, I think it's clearly, who thinks the, their favourite part of Christmas Day are the, is the giving and receiving of presents, particularly the receiving of presents? There's a few more hands, certainly younger people. Other people who've kind of not been so sure, I'm not going to worry too much. Um, you know, we give presents because we remember when the wise men came to visit Jesus and they gave him presents. And it's great to give and receive presents, isn't it? In fact, there's so much going on about Christmas to just love, not just the presents, but I really love in the whole build up to Christmas, everything that makes me feel so Christmassy. You know, there's the seeing the Christmas lights in the streets in sort of the end of November, beginning of December, shop displays, um, all the festive food and drink you'll be eating for like a month beforehand. Yeah, we've all eaten about a dozen mince pies before we've even got to Christmas Day, haven't we? Um, in fact, I get so, so excited about Christmas Day that I can't, and Christmas in whole, that I just kind of get more and more excited throughout December. And sometimes I peak at like far too early, 5th of December. I'm like, I need it to be Christmas Day. And I've still got another two weeks of school or work. It's not great. But no, despite that, I have to say, with all of that, I feel I'm probably the most Christmassy person I know. Danny, what are you doing? Now's really not a good time. I think maybe it is. Do you really think that you can claim to be the most Christmassy person that you know? 
I think everyone needs to know the truth about Tim Davis, and that is that he is possibly the least Christmassy person that I know. She promised she wasn't going to say anything. Okay, okay. Here's the proof. One, he doesn't even own a Christmas jumper or Christmas socks. Two, two, Tim has never seen the star, elf, or love actually. None of them. And three, three guys, three, I know for sure, for a fact, that he refuses to eat Brussels sprouts, uh, cranberry sauce, bread sauce, and that's basically a third of the Christmas lunch anyway, isn't it? So. It's true, it's all true. And perhaps, worst of all, when we pull the Christmas crackers on Christmas Day, Tim never, ever wears the paper crown. I can't help it. It, it always, like... It just tears on my head, at least that's what I reckon anyway. You know what, Jane? Um, I think you're right. I'm clearly not as big a fan of Christmas as I thought I was. I'm not that Christmassy at all. I have to confess I even went to see a Christmas psychiatrist to find out the root cause of my problem with not being so Christmassy. And you know what? They said it could be something in your childhood which has affected you and made you just for the lack of Christmas enthusiasm. And I had a breakthrough. All of my problems with cheesy movies and jumpers and Brussels sprouts can be traced back to the fact that I was never in the junior school nativity play at school. It's true, it's true. Four years I had to wait in junior school to get to the top year to take part in the nativity play. And I wanted it so bad. You know, I didn't care if I was Joseph or a shepherd or a king or even a Roman centurion. I just wanted to be in that nativity play. And when it came to it, I was nothing. It, my family was going on a long holiday. I was going to miss the last week of school. It might, and I wouldn't have been there for nativity plays. So that might have had something to do with it. But still, clearly, I've never gotten over the fact that I wasn't in the nativity play. That milestone for any 11, 12-year-old. Jane, I ask a lot of you in our marriage, but can you help me feel more Christmassy and get over my sadness at missing out on not being in the junior school nativity play? Of course I will. And if it's acting you need, then how about we put on a Christmas pantomime? That's not a bad idea. You know, we used to do pantomimes here at Christchurch when I was younger. I even starred in two of them. Really? What part did you play? The first one, I was a mouse, and the mouse's head was so big and thick that no one could hear any of my lines, kind of wasted. Oh dear. Um, okay, what about the other one? See more like this. I was Robin Hood. Robin Hood? Well, he's the star of the show. Surely that would have made up for missing out on the junior school nativity play. You'd thought so, but I had to wear tights. Green, itchy tights. It was horrible. I just didn't like it at all. No. I think, to be honest, it's not so much the acting that I really enjoyed and wanted to do. I just wanted to sing. I wanted to sing in the nativity play at school. Well, that's easy, then. The best way to feel more Christmassy is to sing some Christmas carols. Yeah, I should have told you. I've got a bit of a problem with Christmas carols. Um, a, a problem? What do you mean, a problem? I mean, I find problems in Christmas carols. Go on, try one. I'll see, see what happens. Okay. Um, how about we sing 
in, in the bleak midwinter? Winter officially began on the 22nd of December. It ends on like the 20th, 21st of March. A song which is meant to be set in the bleak mid-winter, mid, mid being the operative word, can't be about Christmas because midwinter is long after Christmas. It's Valentine's Day or something? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, God rest ye merry gentlemen. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Complete lack of diversity. It's 2023, isn't it? Come on. Okay, what about the family classic... Little donkey. A little donkey carrying a heavily pregnant woman on a long and dusty road. No, every year I write to the RSPCA to register my objection to a song clearly promoting animal cruelty. Did you get a response? Does cease and desist count? Okay, moving on. Um, what about Silent Night? A song about a silent birth of a child. If you've ever spent more than two hours in maternity ward, it's anything but a silent night. <laughs> okay. Um, in dolce jubilo? It's in Latin. Okay, this is getting silly. Um, what about our little town of Bethlehem? Town Bethlehem. I don't think I've got any problems with that cat. Oh, at last, thank goodness. Jane, I've always wondered, why is it oh little town of Bethlehem. I mean, surely, if it's, we all know where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but surely it would be an important place, not a little town. Mm. Bethlehem may be important to us, but it's still a small town compared to somewhere like Jerusalem. It's a bit like being a suburb six miles south of London. Oh, like Streatham. Oh, if you like. Um, you know, it was quite a long journey for Mary and Joseph to take... Transport links in Streatham are notoriously poor. ...take from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem in the south. Wait, hold on, hold on. So, Mary and Joseph travelled from Nazareth in the north of Jerusalem to Bethlehem in the south of Jerusalem, literally travelling through Jerusalem, the most important place in the world for them at that time, and they still chose to have Jesus born in little Bethlehem. Okay, now I'm starting to think I maybe do have a problem with this cow. Help me out here, Jane. Well, why don't I read a bit of the nativity story from the Bible to help you understand? Usually a good place to start, yeah. Okay, here we go then. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world and everyone went to their own town to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David, the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Right, now I understand, got it. They had to go to Bethlehem because that was Joseph's ancestral town. That is the David in the story. King David? And if so, wouldn't having a king come from your town make it very important? Well done. That is the same King David. But when he lived in Bethlehem, he was simply a humble shepherd boy. Shepherds weren't exactly important people in society, but nonetheless, out of this little town came a great king, and hundreds of years later, the same thing happened again. There were even shepherds involved then. I thought Joseph was a carpenter. Why, why don't I just read on? Thank you. Sorry. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David... King David. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you, a messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. You definitely don't get that happening in Streatham. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Wow. So much happened in that little town. Absolutely. But there's so much more that makes it special. It was a place where Ruth, who has a whole book of the Bible all about her, met Boaz, and they were the great-grandparents of David. Wow, so even before King David was born, God was planning for Bethlehem to be a place of special significance. That's right. And years later, the prophet Micah would tell people that. Even though Bethlehem was seen as a small and not very important place, one day the great ruler, the saviour, the messiah would come. But there's one more interesting thing that I don't think you know. Even though Bethlehem was seen as a small and not very important place, one day... I think I might have read that wrong. But there's one more interesting thing that I don't think you know. Bethlehem means house of bread. Why do you think that might be important? House of bread? Why might that be important? I think that lad over there had the answer. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It's like he is the one who came to bring us life. He was the saviour that was promised to be born in Bethlehem. He was the one that the angels told the shepherds about. Wow, Bethlehem really is important, isn't it? Despite being such a little town. It's as if that whole promise of a saviour who would make things right between us and God, who would bring an end to the fear of separation from God, and instead give us the hope of a new life in him. It's as if all of that was brought together in that one special night when Jesus was born. And that great truth, along with many other wonderful words, is even found in this beautiful carol about the little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Are you feeling a little bit better about Christmas now, Tim? I am. Thanks, Jane. Anything else you'd like to do? I think I'd really like to sing O Little Town of Bethlehem. Should we stand and sing it together? Let's stand. Why is Bethlehem in the Christmas story? 
That's the topic Stephen asked me to speak on this morning, in case you wondered what that convoluted last bit was all about. Uh, but firstly, I think I must start off by saying I don't have a problem with Christmas carols. I love them, all of them. Um, as with so much of sung worship in church, it's not just the tunes that I love, but the words, the way that they've been written by people who can express so much more about God's love than I ever could. Bethlehem features in so many of them, doesn't it? From O Little Town of Bethlehem to Once in Royal David City to see him lying on a bed of straw. Why? Because it's clearly an important part of the Christmas story. Hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, God was already shaping his plan of salvation. The way different people's lives interacted through the Bible, such as Ruth and Boaz meeting in Bethlehem to becoming the great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents even, of a humble shepherd boy named David, who had become David's, Israel's greatest king, and through whose line of descendants Jesus would be born. But Bethlehem particularly stands out to me because of what it's not. It's not Jerusalem, which was the location of the throne of earthly power in Israel. When the Magi journeyed to um, visit and worship the newborn king of the Jews, they naturally went to Jerusalem and sought out King Herod. But Jerusalem was not where the Savior was to be found. They had to go on to lowly Bethlehem. Jesus arrived not as an earthly king, but as a Savior who would bring salvation to all. And more importantly, to those whom the people might not have expected God to care about. Shepherds, they were the first people to hear about the good news and visit Jesus. Humble shepherds. Now, shepherds were not important people. If you were a shepherd back then, it generally meant that you hadn't really made much of yourself in life. But it was to these poor, lowly shepherds that the angels appeared and announced the birth of Jesus. The long-expected arrival of the Saviour happened in the most unexpected manner. It wasn't a mighty king or warrior appearing. He wasn't born in a palace in the most important city in Israel. It was a normal, tiny baby, born into an ordinary, humble life, but one that was nonetheless of the greatest importance. The Messiah, whom the prophet Micah said would be the people's peace, was born in a place called the House of Bread. And years later, when Jesus performed one of his most public miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus would declare to all of those listening, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. God sent our long-awaited Prince of Peace to bring us peace. The bread of life birthed in the house of bread to give us life. This Christmas, will you let Jesus be the one to daily nourish and sustain you? Will you give all your hopes and fears to God and say, you are king of my life? We waited so long for the expected saviour, and when he came, it was in the most unexpected yet amazing gift of all time. If God is waiting for you to let him into your life, don't let him wait any longer. Merry Christmas.